Hey guys, welcome back again to the Cut Light and Smoke podcast presented to you by Zeal Cigars. And you can actually find us on YouTube at Zeal Cigars now. We changed it from Best Cigar Reviews to Zeal Cigar Reviews. And you can find this video, if you're listening by audio, at Cut Light and Smoke podcast on YouTube as well. So make sure you go over there. we got merch and all that good stuff for you. And uh, from right now, to be honest with you, we're going we're gonna to catch up with uh, JB and myself and talk a little bit about... Uh, how we got to where we are today, you know, particularly coming from Ohio to Phoenix and we're smoking some good cigar- cigars. Uh, Jimmy, tell people what's going on. What's going on? Well, tell people what you're smoking, bro. Oh, I'm smoking a Yeti Tracker Maduro, dude. How do you like that cigar? Uh, just got it started. Why did you choose that cigar to smoke? Uh, well, based on the topic that you are bringing up today, uh, this was probably the second cigar that I ever purchased, um, in Phoenix. The second one. Yeah. The what, second what was one. the first one? It was Irish Hulk. Irish Hulk. Oh, okay. Yeah. Or probably. I think they were probably, probably, out of those, huh? they were probably <laughs> purchased at the same time, to be honest. Okay. But I'm, I'm going to put, put them in that order because I probably grabbed the Irish Hulk first because... Um, one of my favorite cigars was a barber pole uh, called the Exquisitos. Exquisitos, Exquisity. A barber uh, pole? I don't yeah, know. I don't know. It was called the Exquisitos or something like that. Mm-hmm. It was. Uh, it was very good. You're not talking about the Exquisitos, are you? By, no, no, okay. no, no, no. It wasn't by Fuente. Okay. It was a different brand. Um, and um, oh man, they were so good, so nutty. Mm. Uh, and I remember when I came in, I was like, you know, I really like barber poles. Mm-hmm. And then you showed me that hawk, and I was like, ooh, that caught my eye. Oh yeah, and then I think I came back uh, another time later. Dude, you came back all and the time. Bought a bundle. You were here. You were here probably three or four days out of the week. That's what I think. If I'm wrong, let me know. Mm, if not, at least two, at least two, yeah, at least two days out of the week. You came for, for a while there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're working at Apple, but we're gonna we're gonna be talking about how we came from Ohio. We're two Ohio boys. I'm from Cincinnati, Ohio, originally, and. JB is from Springfield, Ohio, originally, around Dayton, basically. And we're going to talk about our story and how two Ohio boys came to be in the cigar industry and to make their life here in Phoenix. So uh, this is this is specifically for guys that are thinking about moving. And a lot of guys have told me they want to move here to the Phoenix area. And so I thought we'd have a, a great conversation while smoking some great cigars. The cigar that I'm smoking is the Sanitarium Maduro. Uh, this is some of our top priming tobacco. This is very, very good, and you should definitely try it if you have not already. Uh, it's very good. I, I can't. I'm, I haven't had it in months, so to be smoking it again and be like, "Man, this is really good." I forgot how good the cigar is. Um, it's just a testament to you know the quality of Sanitarium line. Um, so let's talk a little bit about you know what really where were we born and where were we raised. So you start and tell me a little bit where were you born and raised, and tell us a little bit about your history in Ohio. I was born in, well, I usually don't tell people Springfield because, uh, mm. yeah, it's kind of a weird place now. But uh, <laughs> at, at one point, it was one of the biggest industrial, if not the biggest industrial city in the world, if I remember correctly. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But uh, International Harvester um, used to have a big truck plant there. But anyway, yeah, I was born there, um, Springfield. Um, pretty much was there till I was about 14. Mm-hmm. And then... Um, I decided to roll out and go live with my mom for a little bit. She was uh, living in the Cleveland area in a little town uh, called Medina. Okay. Um, Where I lived in Springfield was uh, I lived like my first eight years um, just right up against like uh, what you would call like the bad side of town. Okay. So I lived very much in a uh, uh, 
suburb, not suburb, like, yeah, I guess, like, uh, inner city, okay. I guess is the best way to say it. Like, the the town, Springfield, had two high schools at the time, a north and a south. Mm-hmm. I lived closer to South High School. Okay. Just to put that into the perspective. Sou- the south side of every city is yeah. always the one that's rougher. Yeah, you know, I, was trying to th- I was trying to think of a way to say it, but it was very inner city. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It wasn't dangerous at the time when I grew up. It sure. became when me and my wife moved back there later and lived there in the same house. Um, so did you grow up with sisters, brothers, or anything? I have a, I have a sister that, okay. uh, that, uh, that I grew up in that house with, and then we moved out to the county when we were um, nine because we had uh, somebody, my dad uh, was a police officer, mm-hmm. and his best friend from the Marine Corps was also a police officer in the same town. Okay. So his son is my best friend. His name's Mark. Okay. And um, so uh, basically somebody they put in jail, drove by the house and shot shot a couple rounds at us playing in the front yard and sitting on the front porch. And uh, my dad was like, yeah, we're moving to the city. How old were you or then? moving to the county. I was oh. like eight, nine. Dude. Yeah. Eight, nine years old in your first drive-by. Yeah, I had a little Dude. sister. I had a little sister that had just been born. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was swinging in the front, like, window. It was sketchy. That's nuts. That's nuts, yeah. man. That's really so we nuts. moved out to the county. Okay. And then I lived from pretty much nine, ten, mm-hmm. ten, I think, till I was 14 in the county. And then um, went and lived in Medina with my mom for a couple years. Okay. I uh, left my seventh grade year, went eighth grade through halfway through my junior year in Medina. Mm-hmm. Lived with my mom. Um, lived a more, su- more suburban, like, rich suburb of... Cleveland, like you rode your bike everywhere. I lived in a cul-de-sac, like mm-hmm. rode my bike to school. Living the dream. Yeah, it was very different. Whereas mm-hmm. like when I lived in the county, there was a couple of times that like I had to take a horse to school to like to football, not to school, but to football practice. You had to take a horse to football. Yeah, practice. there was nobody to take me to football practice and I didn't want to walk. Dude. So I just left. That's kind of baller though. I just coming left up, coming the up horse. to football practice on a horse. Yeah. Yeah. I just left the horse <laughs> in the uh, the baseball field. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And the horse just kind of walked around the baseball field. Yeah. I got you. in trouble for the big dumps he left there, but. Sure. I'm yeah. Sure. I only had to do that. I only remember having to do that once. Okay. But okay. yeah, that's it, it, that's how I lived that you gotta life. You got to get to where you got to get, you know? Yeah. So back in the day, I guess it was horse and buggy for JB. Yeah. And know, then. So. Uh, so, so you were you you went there and you're you're in Cleveland now. How yep. long were you in Cleveland? Uh, so I was in Cleveland from my eighth grade year until halfway through my junior year. Mm-hmm. And then halfway through my junior year, I pulled myself out of school and moved back home to my dad's. And that's in Springfield. Yeah. Okay. Because um, he was having a really serious neck surgery, and mm-hmm. there was some pretty big percentages of some things that could go wrong. And if any of those went wrong, even in some of the slightest percentages. Mm-hmm. Um, him being able to take care of the farm was going to be really hard. Okay. So I made the decision to go back home in the event that I needed to be there for my dad. Okay. Okay. Um, best decision I ever made. Um, I have the, the greatest relationship with my dad because I went back and mm. because he, um, cause he was kind of laid up for a while. Sure. It kind of forced him to sit still, which allowed us to kind of develop more of a relationship through yeah. that and through some other things that came from that. So, mm. um, for me, that was that was the best decision I could have ever made was to go back home. And, um, I didn't live with my dad at the time uh-huh. and I'm not, I'm not going to get into why, but, okay. um, it had nothing to do with my dad, but mm-hmm. so I didn't live with my dad at the time. I lived with my grandparents, mm-hmm. but I would go to my dad's every day after school and before track practice. And we would like kill zombies on the PlayStation before I would go back to track practice. And so you had like a cool that. dad that can, play, that can uh, play games, huh? He, he would every one, every now and again, but, um, okay. 
But yeah, so I moved back home halfway through my junior year, crushed my mom. She's like, why are you pulling yourself out of school? She was freaking out. And uh, so I go back home and I live there, graduate school there. And then um, I get recruited by Heidelberg University to run track. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, Plenty of other places as well. I just, I chose to go there. It felt like home. Mm -hmm. I loved the coach. Shout out to Keith Roberts. He's the freaking man. I love Keith. Um, I loved my teammates that that I got to run with and the people I met, Paris Mm -hmm. and Juju. Um, those guys are amazing. They're forever, <laughs> they're forever embedded into helping me develop into who I am today. So, um, big shout out to those guys. But yeah, I went and ran track at Heidelberg. So, um, so I went to Heidelberg University and uh, ran track my freshman year. We were mm-hmm. very successful. We won conference as a team. Um, we set a school record as a four by one team. We went to nationals as a four by one team. Um, we did very well. I had a very successful season. Um, and then uh, I stayed one more year for my sophomore year. Um, that's when I met my wife. How old were you then? Uh, let's see. I would have been. 19, I twenty. Yeah, yeah. So I was nineteen um, at the start of my freshman year. Okay. And then twenty at the start of my sophomore year. Same here. Same um, same age. Yeah. That's when I started. When yeah. I my mom yeah. started me a year later so that I would be a year older versus a year younger. I wish I, I had that story. My parents well, helped me. Yeah, because we're both born in July. We're literally right, right, like, right, yeah, right, we yeah. had the same problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So. Um, but yeah, so I go, I run track in Heidelberg, and uh, my sophomore year, I would eat dinner in a tree down the third base line at the softball field, because it was like right outside the gym and right between the track and the gym. Mm-hmm. So I didn't have a lot of time between track practice and weightlifting to get to the um, cafeteria sometimes. So sometimes I would do weightlifting after I ate, so I would go directly to the cafeteria, I would get my food, I would come down, and I would sit in it. I would literally climb up in a tree with a to-go box, and I would sit in this tree down the third baseline and watch the softball games. I would eat my dinner, and then I would get down, and I would go to the weight room and then finish my day. Okay. And uh, that's how I met my wife. She played center field. She was like, who's the who's the creep in the tree? <laughs> and, uh, that, that'd be me. So what was your opening line to your wife? What, what did you do? What, how'd, oh, you, how'd you move up? I mean. Oh, no, it's, it's it, uh, the first time I met her was at an ugly Christmas sweater party. And um, I was actually leaving because we had a track meet the next day in Finley mm-hmm. um, indoor. And she had ugly red lipstick on, the worst sweater. They were watching the stupidest YouTube videos I've ever seen in my life. And I thought she was super annoying. <laughs> I was actually kind of into another girl that was there that was a recruit. Uh, and I was kind of talking to her a little bit. And then um, like three or four days later, she comes by with a, one of her friends named Stro, And she was like, or not days later, sorry, a couple months later. This was like right before spring, uh, after Christmas break. And uh, like right before March, like February-ish. And uh, she comes in with a friend, Ashley, who lived above us. Mm-hmm. And because it was boy, girl, boy were the floors. Sure. And um, my neighbors were the cross country guys, and they were really good friends with this girl named Stro who lived above us. And Stro brought <laughs> Lauren over to our dorm room and was like, "Oh, this is Justin. Meet him." And then we basically just started talking. And then she actually asked me out. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I took her out to Chipotle, and she ate two burritos. Dude, yeah, you got to keep, yeah, keep a. Uh, <laughs> Young body going, dude. Yeah, two burritos. Two burritos. Go for it, dude. Yeah, uh, but yeah, that's that's basically that. And then uh, I left the next year because of money, the cost. They wouldn't let me live off campus. It was going to cost too much to go to school the next year. Mm-hmm. Um, even with the scholarships, I was like, I don't want to do this. So, or grant money. D three mm-hmm. doesn't technically give scholarships. Yeah. Uh, but um, 
So I moved back home and started renting my childhood home on the south side of town from my dad. And my wife was like um, on her way back to Heidelberg and was in the parking lot with her car full of stuff and calls me and goes, I don't want to be here. I want to be the, I want to be down there with you. Oh, okay. And she basically flips a Yui, drives two and a half hours down to Springfield and moved in with me. How long were you guys dating? Uh, six the, months, a year. Six months, a year. Okay. Yeah, not okay. even a year yet because we hadn't even been dating uh, springtime, so like March. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was summer mm-hmm. right before the school year started, so it hasn't even been a year yet. So did she still go to school? Yeah. She finished up school? Yeah, she uh, okay. transferred to Wright State. Okay. Got, got her, finished her out her finance degree at Wright State. Okay. Um, she obviously gave up playing softball to do that, which was which was really hard on her dad. So for her dad to still approve of me when knowing that I – that she gave something like that up to be with me um, was a pretty big deal for me and a pretty big understanding that me and her father had. What's your relationship like with her in-laws? Oh, very good. Yeah? Oh, yeah. yeah? Okay. Yeah, they, they're they my parents, too. Okay. That's cool, dude. They have to That's be, That's really man. cool. For, for those of us that don't have that kind of relationship, yeah. we envy that kind of relationship. You guys are out there and you know what it's like to, you know, to not have a good relationship with your in-laws or be looked down. I got you. I got you. So well, let me talk. Let me I, talk about. I was gonna say. I feel like I'm so much. I've been talking for so long. And it's only been like 13 minutes, dude. <laughs> and I feel like I'm like trying to say this so fast, so it's oh, no, not no. like long winded. No, bro, you're good. You're good. I, I want to do this in three parts. The first part is where we grew up and and you know how we finally got out to here. And the second part is when we decided to move to Phoenix. And the third part is what we love about Phoenix. And then advice to people who move here. Yeah. So yeah. So where where we're at living together in the mm-hmm. house is mm-hmm. kind of like the catalyst that led to be in here. So that's not okay. a bad stopping point for me. Okay. Unless you want me to keep going. No, I'll, I'll give him my side about how I came here and everything like that. So I was born and raised in Cincinnati, Ohio. Uh, I, was, I was on the west side of Cincinnati, uh, a place called Forest Park beforehand. Um, uh, one of the few white kids in a black neighborhood, you know, type thing. And so, yeah. So grew up in there, bit, grew up in interracial things like that. So, you know, it was, it was great. Raised by black parents along with my parents, got slapped by black parents. I mean, it was great. It was just awesome, man. I just learned all the culture. So it was very different. So around 12 years old, I ended up, my parents ended up separating. So they, they, they were going to get divorced and they actually separated when I was 12 years old. My mom moved to Loveland and my dad moved to a place called Marymount in Ohio. And he got an apartment and my mom got a house for us and all the kids. Um, they ended up working it out and everything else like that. And, uh, they ended up getting another house, which really became where we were raised on a place called Rich Road in Loveland, Ohio. Uh, if you know where Loveland High School is, we actually had a house right down the street from Loveland High School. It wasn't built there at the time, but they built it later on. I was actually the last graduating class from Loveland Hurst High School, which was the, the old high school, if you would. I don't know if it's still called Loveland Hurst, but anyways, um, so grew up in a place, uh, grew up from in high school, junior high, in a place called Loveland, Ohio. Uh, enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, I think one of the biggest uh, things about my life early on was I was a really, really, really messed up bad kid. So uh, always in fights, always picking on my sisters, always the rabble rouser in the neighborhood, uh, that type thing. And it became it became such a major issue that by the time I got to high school, um, I found out they actually had a plan to deal with me. So that like we're gonna take care of this Bradley Reith kid. And Dang it, boy! Sure. Go to middle tire school. Right, right, right. So my freshman year of high school, I remember getting there and they put me in this weird class. It was like OEP is what it was called. It was like this work thing where we went. Um, so I had I had severe ADD and I had severe um, dyslexia as well. So talking uh, like you're in juvie, like they let me on work right, release right. some weird OEP yeah. program. I had to put on this jumpsuit. It was kind of weird, man. So they took like all these bad kids that I was part of and they shipped us off to high schools and middle schools 
to like work the lunch program there. So we would need lunch at our own school with our own people. We would go these other places. So that winter, I ended up going to a church retreat where I actually ended up becoming a Christian, and that radically changed my life. And as a result of that, um, my life really flipped around. I mean, I remember coming back, and there's a there's a, my teacher was named Ferroni. He's a, he's a basketball coach. Erroneous. Yeah, yeah, Ferroni. And uh, Coach Ferroni was, I mean, great guy, man. Tall, like six seven, I guess. God, that's such an Italian Ohio. Yeah, name he's yeah too, he's, he's, a, he's Italian. That's dude. such an Italian and Ohio. He's, name. he's a great guy, Coach. If you ever see this, I grateful for my time with you and just always believed in me and said, you know, you don't have to be the way you are. Well, after I became a Christian, I recognized that like, I don't have to choose to be a bad kid. I don't, I don't have to do this kind of thing. So I, I didn't anymore. And told all my friends, you know, this is, this is important to me and my faith is the number one thing. And so that literally from, you know, that date till this, this time now, um, I've been on a, I've been on a skyrocket with Jesus, not coming back, you know? So, um, doesn't mean there's not bumps. Doesn't mean like the rocket didn't run out of fuel sometimes. Doesn't mean that I don't have struggles or anything else like that. Just means that I'm a broken man who's found Jesus. That's it. Um, so my, around, uh, I graduate high school and then, um, I'm getting ready to go to college and I'm, I'm interested in playing football in college as well. So I'm looking at different universities and I was never just a, a all-star athlete or anything like that in high school. So I wouldn't get all these great scholarships and everything else like that, but I was decent. Uh, that's because linemen never get the, the, the <laughs> yeah. appreciation they deserve, bro. But, uh, no, I, I wasn't all that great. There's a couple guys that were re- much better on my team uh, than I am. Um, so it, it's it's crazy because um, I was so infatuated with um, leaving Ohio that I was looking in Tennessee, a place called Tusculum University. Um, I was also looking at uh, another place called Trinity University. But before I went there, I had to go go to Bible college because I wanted to be a pastor. And so I ended up going to Cincinnati Bible College called Cincinnati Christian University. It's now has shut down. Yes, I still have a degree from Cincinnati Christian University. Yes, it still is intact, although my son didn't believe that, and I had to convince him of that. Um, so I got my I got my bachelor's. And my, my freshman year of, of college, um, I was working for the, with a ministry called Campus Crusade for Christ, and they had a high school ministry called Student Venture. And uh, I was volunteering with them. I had come through that program. I really liked it. It's kind of like Young Life. You guys know what Young Life is. Uh, kind of came through that program, loved it. Real good discipleship em- emphasis there. Uh, a guy named Lee Cooksey, who you actually met, came mm-hmm. out here to the shop. Uh, <coughs> personal mentor of mine, discipled me. It was really great. Uh, and so by the time I was leaving, um, I had met my wife. I had met my wife my freshman year of college, and she was a volunteer as well. And when I met her, um, I was I was dumbstruck. And so we started a friendship that eventually turned into a relationship. And it was really, really difficult. And I knew that she was going to be my wife when, when I was one, I always liked her, I think way more than she liked me, uh, because. Isn't that always how it is? I, I think so. Yeah, I think so. So from Bible college, um, I married my wife, my, the, the break of my first freshman year. So I, I started late, I actually started, uh, in winter of 90, I think it was 93 or 94, yeah, 94. I started winter of 94, graduated 98, but um, started winter of 94 and got married summer of 95. Or I got married, no, this is summer of 95. I guess it would have been, yeah, almost a year. So I knew my wife for a year. I got, I guess I got married my sophomore year, if I'm thinking about that. Not, got married my sophomore year of, uh, of Bible college. And yeah, it was, it was great. We lived on the east side of Cincinnati in a little place called Eastgate. Uh, and Eastgate was crazy. It was kind of, uh, I'd say it's more like uh, in between Hillbilly and Redneck on steroids with some, mm. some suburbia, if you would. Some, uh, but we loved it. We we enjoyed uh, being out there and so on and so forth. And 
Uh, I was I, I I started as a part-time youth pastor, worked full-time in the summers at a little church down there in a place called Newtown. Uh, really enjoyed it, had a great time there. Um, and then went on staff with a couple of different ministries, on staff with Camp Crusade and uh, and stuff like that. And then uh, after I went on staff with the, the church that I ultimately moved to from the church I actually became a Christian at, um, it's called Faith Evangelical Free Church. Now it's called Faith Church, I believe, in Milford. Um, I was working with their college and, and uh, young adult ministry. They brought me in. Uh, and that was a sweet time. That was a sweet time of humbling and learning for me because I was going down some really bad paths on my theology and what I believed and so on and so forth. I have two guys to thank for really helping me out, Todd Collins and Bruce Chester. Those two guys were really, really important to me. And uh, they really they cared a lot. And they were like, hey, man, we really care about your learning. We think some of it's very dangerous. And it was. Um, ended up leaving from there. And my wife said, I want to get out of Ohio. I want to go either warm or warm. You choose. And so my wife hates Ohio. She, she can't stand our weather. She can't stand everything. She likes all, I mean, all the other stuff about Ohio that's awesome. You know, the, the, the fall in Ohio is probably the best season in Ohio. But uh, after having gray skies there for about seven months out of the year, you get really tired of it. So we decided to come to Phoenix. So let's take it over from you. Let, let, let's let you take over from there. So you came to Phoenix, you know, after I did, but so, so tell, tell me how you went from you and Lauren getting married and then deciding to move to Phoenix. So, um, when we were living at my dad's house that we were renting my childhood home that we lived in on the South side of town, we were living in that for my dad. I was mm-hmm. working at Best Buy. Um, I had stopped going to school at Wright State. Um, my job was going really good at Best Buy and I was, I was doing really well for myself at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just stopped going to school. Yeah. Um, and, uh, I think we were there for probably like three years, maybe four years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had, uh, applied for a job with Apple like six months prior. And then all of a sudden, um, we had, ha- we had kind of been in conversation about getting out of the house and moving somewhere. And we had some States picked out. Like I really wanted to go to the Carolinas, mm-hmm. um, somewhere I could live mountains beach. That yeah. wasn't, yeah, that wasn't nice place. That wasn't uh, California, right? Right. Um, or Florida, really? I really didn't want to go to Florida. Um, Flo- Florida's rough. Florida's yeah, rough, yeah. yeah. Uh, she had like Georgia, Arizona. See, she always had Arizona in her mind because her dad is a huge sports memorabilia collector. Mm. Um, tons of baseball cards and um, some really good baseball cards. But yeah. I've seen them; they're pretty nice. So yeah. he. Um, they would come out for spring training every year because if you're a collector, you know that that's the best time to get somebody's autograph because you could get somebody's autograph before they even get pulled up into the majors, right? This could be their first time playing with that team outside of AAA, you know, with spring training. Mm-hmm. So um, it's very easy to get things autographed, and then obviously the value goes up when you have an autograph. Sure. So um, they would come out for spring training all the time. So I think she kind of knew her parents had kind of a retirement plan to come out here. So she was kind of thinking, okay, I want to go out to Arizona too. She really enjoyed it when she would come out here. Mm-hmm. And then um, long story short, one of her friends had already moved out here. She took a teaching job and mm-hmm. she played she played softball with Lauren at Heidelberg. Mm-hmm. And um, she had offered Lauren a room to stay in if Lauren wanted to move out here. So uh, one day we both come home from work and I'm like, Hey, remember that job I applied at Apple six months ago? Uh, They just offered it to me, and um, it's in Cleveland. 
in the Medina area where I lived with my mom. Mm-hmm. And I was like, we, and it was pretty substantial pay increase from what I was making at Best Buy at the time, which is why I wanted to leave. Mm-hmm. And um, so my plan was to move up to Cleveland for a couple years, which also would have been closer to her parents. Mm-hmm. And um, then make our move from there. Well, she proceeds to tell me the same day that I told her I got accepted for that job in Cleveland that she decided to put in her two weeks that she was going to have Lexi stop by and pick her up because she was visiting in Ohio and drive her out to and drive with her out to Arizona. And Were you guys married at the time? No. Okay. So we split up and uh, Lauren moved out here ahead of me. Yeah, so... No, we we were uh, so she moved out here, um, and I moved actually to Cleveland to take that job at Apple. So we lived um, probably oh, about a year apart. Oh wow! Yeah. Okay. So long story short, that year apart, I was working at Apple in Akron, Ohio, and um, technically like the Summit Mall area. Okay. Um, and I think they call it Fairlawn, and. I, our relationship was not in a great spot mm-hmm. when when we went our separate ways. And I kind of, in the back of my mind, was like, is this just like a clean break? Mm. Like, is this just like wash the hands and walk away, right? Like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, Were you for that? I'm just curious. Were you for, I, I don't know. I'm not trying to get in your business. I'm no. Saying, was, it, um, was it something that you were like, ah, I'm fine n- with that? Or was it like. Not know, initially, no. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say. Not, not at all. Yeah. But the way that my mind works. I'm going to go through every worst case scenario possible, make myself okay with that scenario. And then if something changes, then cool. Okay. Right. So I was kind of getting to the point of like, okay, I'm, I'm probably just going to have to accept this and figure Mm -hmm. shit out from here. Mm -hmm. And, um, that wasn't the case, dude. She pursued me again. Oh, wow. Uh, probably more so than she did when she left school to come live with me. So you were married, but separated. No, we weren't married yet. Oh, you weren't married, Mar- yet. Okay, weren't married okay. yet. Oh, okay, okay. And okay. Um, so she pursued me and came out and visited a couple times, flew me out here to Arizona to visit for like a long weekend in October. Mm-hmm. Um, and then very randomly, uh, when I was here in October, we went into the Apple store and I just, I met a guy named Michael Weikert. Michael Weikert. No, not that's a dude from high school. Um, Michael Wyckoff. Uh, I met a dude named Michael Wyckoff, and uh, he was a manager at the Apple store. And um, I, I don't know what what sparked me to, to even ask this, but I was like, hey, uh, what's it? What's, what's the possibility of like maybe somebody like me transferring down here? And uh, he was like, um, give me a call when you get back to your store. So I got back to my store and we had a conversation and um, I had actually um, been a part of two projects that were um, pretty big that went corporate wide through all the Apple stores. Mm-hmm. Um, I just basically discovered a way that we could use laptops out front. It wasn't me. It was a, a few of us discovered a way to use the laptops out front um, so we didn't have to take credit cards to the back of house to take credit card payments for depot shipments. And this was v- this Apple's toast so different now than they were five, six, seven years ago. So okay. um, there were still some really choppy in-store processes. Mm-hmm. But we found some ways to make those processes better. And because I had been a part of those things, um, Wyckoff had known kind of who I was. 
after we started talking. So yeah, you're innovative. So so yeah. when it came time to interview for a position at the Apple Store, there they mm -hmm. called me. Okay, and I was I was awarded the position, and it was really hard. Um, I had a really hard time moving here and fitting into that store. Okay, because I, I wasn't somebody to that store that deserved it. There was 25 other people in that store that deserved a position that they just hired an outsider for. Now, how do you how do you me. how do you how did you deal with that? I mean, did you deal with that as like you know it's competition, bro? Raise your game. I mean, or, or, no, were you like, man, this um, kind of sucks, and they're kind of no. Nah, I'm kind of a chameleon. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, um, I can see that. Yeah. I'm kind of a chameleon, bro. I can see that. Yeah. Um, I can I I can I can fit in with just about anybody if I have to. Mm -hmm. um, it took me a while to figure out how to fit in with with a lot of those people because um, I would say most of my life I grew up pretty conservative mm -hmm. um, until I got to college and then, um, you know, uh, experienced a lot more uh, diversity and things like that. You what, know. Do they, what do they say? If you're if you're if you're not a Democrat in college, then you uh, don't have a heart. And if you're not a Republican afterwards, you have yeah. no money. <laughs> Yeah, like, you know. Yeah, you're exploring everything. I, I, right? I had a number of different friends right, from right, a right. number of different backgrounds, but for the most part, I grew up in rural America or suburb America. So you can imagine, yeah, there wasn't a lot of the, of minorities around. Okay. So um, in Cleveland, when I lived there, there was quite a few actually, and um, man, great fucking people. Yeah, dude. Of course. Day day. I know you're not watching this, but if you ever do, love you, buddy. But uh, so. Um, yeah, so, uh, I was able to uh, apply for that position and move out to Arizona and, um, basically I moved out here. We lived with her friend for about six months before we decided to build a house. And mm -hmm. then, um, while our house was being built, I proposed and we got married, uh, pretty much right after the house was built. Okay. Well, so, when, so when did you actually move out here then? What year is that? Uh, 2016, 16? I think, is okay. when I came out here, and I think she came out in 2015. Okay. I might have came out in 2015, and she might have been out here in 14, somewhere around there. Okay. And then we so built our house in 2017 and got married in 2017. Okay. So I kind of count it as like 2017. So I came out here in 05. We finally moved out here. Um, we, we, have, we had a house back in Ohio. We ended up selling that and buying a house here. And uh, that was our first house. The second month in front of our first house, we had a drive-by shooting across the street where they were shooting at my neighbor across Here the street. Here in Phoenix? Yeah. Five cars pulled up. It was New Year's Eve. I, I remember because I invited this couple that owned Chick-fil-A out to spend, you know, they, we met them in church. And I said, why don't you come out and spend New Year's Eve with us? You're brand new. And so we did and so on and so forth. And then all of a sudden, shots started popping off around 9 o'clock. And I'm like, holy cow. And the whole scene went down in front of my house. It was crazy. Cops were there. It was just nuts. That's a whole other story for another day, but that um, was here in Phoenix. Oh yeah, that was that See, was. See, that's what happened to us in Ohio, and that's why my wife was like, "I want out" because there right, was a cartel right. hit like three doors down. Dude, there's a there's a lot of there's a lot of crime in Phoenix. <laughs> so, so we were here for about four years from 2005 to 2009, and then uh, when I went on staff with this church as a pastor, I was a youth pastor and a college guy, and my goal was to plant a new church uh, out of there, and they agreed. They said, "This is what we want to, want to do with you," and so. Um, but 2008 economy hit. Everything was really bad yeah. uh, for the economy. They said, we just can't do that right now. So I ended up going back to Ohio and planning a church there uh, from 2009 to about 13. So 2009 to 12, really. So the last year in Ohio, I, went, I, I left the ministry. That's the last time I was ever. Well, that's not true. Um, I, I left that and, and I went in corporate America. I was working for a company called ABM. 
and uh, worked with them for a little bit. Really enjoyed it. And then my buddy who stuck his neck out for me to get the position, um, totally disappointed him. Like, I'm coming back to Phoenix. My wife was miserable in Ohio the whole time. We were in Dublin, Ohio, actually, Dublin, Ohio, just outside of Columbus. And uh, it, was, it was awful. I mean, it was just really awful. It was a hard, hard, hard time in our marriage. <clears throat> so I moved, about, I moved back here without jobs or anything else like that. Completely lived off savings. Wife was a school teacher, and uh, she ended up um, getting a job right away. A buddy of mine named Andrew was, uh, he was, he was a principal at a local elementary school. You had, you had two kids or one kid at this point? We had all three. Oh, you had all, all three, three at this point uh-huh. when you came back. Mm-hmm. Okay. Was Madison born in Ma- Ohio? Madeline. Madeline. I always do that. <laughs> That's all right. Madeline. Everyone calls Cam- well, Cam- Camden Cameron. One yeah, of the so. twins is Madison. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, so we had them all when we came out here the first time. Madeline was two months old when we moved. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, yeah. So we so they were all born in Ohio. Yeah, they're all born in Ohio, and then we moved to Arizona. But they've all been raised here, so right. like they they all know okay. the sun. You know, they know know what's up here. So we moved out here, moved back out here in 2013, and ended up planting in the church, and then um, ended up getting in the cigar industry. Not far after that, uh, you know, and then kind of the rest is history. You know, if you guys know the rest of the story. So um, that's how. I, so let, let's let's transition this way. What do you love about Phoenix? Give me three things that you love about Phoenix and three things that you can't stand about Phoenix. For people mm. who are thinking about moving here. Okay, what's three things you mm. love about Phoenix, three things you don't like about Phoenix? So, uh, I actually like the weather. Um, I, I love the weather. The, I think it's great. I, I really only get antsy when it gets above 110. Um, Which is only like a month. Uh, yeah, sometimes two, depending on the year. Last year was pretty rough. But you go from AC to AC. Eh. I mean, we really do. We go to AC. Unless your AC uh, breaks. Then look, you're, you're, look. You're SOL, yeah. When I was out this weekend, mm-hmm. it was the first time I've probably been in minus thirty weather for years, and I'm telling you right now, it's easier to warm up than it is to cool off. Just for me, oh. it's very easy to cool to warm up versus cool off. Yeah, I would agree with that. So that, yeah. that's my biggest problem with the summer is, mm-hmm. and that's and to be honest, I'll take that over the winter any day of the week. Well, um, nobody nobody likes. Nobody like in restricted. Phoenix likes summer. Nobody, if, if they do, they're lying to you or they're trying to sell you an ACU. Yeah. I mean, that's just really how it goes. Nobody likes summer because when it gets over 100 degrees, it really is, it, it, it tests your patience. People are more antsy, angry, yeah. driving and everything else like that. It gets a little more congested. congested. Um, but, I mean. Yeah, pollution's a little bit worse. Yeah, especially in summer. Yeah, you but, get quality air, the air quality control comes out and it's always red. But, again, it yeah. doesn't. It can slow me down for doing certain things because it's so hot, but it doesn't hinder me or or make me feel boxed inside as much as a winter does. Yes, yeah, but you're always got. You can always go outside. I mean, it's only like although it's been raining a lot this winter. Yeah, that sucked. Yeah, it's it's a lot colder this winter than it has been in the past, and it's usually seventy and sunny in the in the winter here. But it's it's been, you know, I think even today, that's seventy degrees today, which is nice. But it's been sixties and fifties and. You know, we yeah. don't really like that. But. I generally like the weather. Okay. Um, What's the other thing? The I other love? thing I like is uh, the, the change of scenery is nice, right? Like, um, I, I'm still kind of a woodsman. I prefer the woods and and, and being, like, in that kind of environment, you know. Mm-hmm. But the desert mountains are, it's different, right? It has something different to offer. It's a different kind of beauty. It's a different kind of tranquility. It's a different kind of... Oh, yeah. Um, Absolutely. Majestic peacefulness, right? Like it's just it's just totally different. Mm-hmm. But uh, I would say I, w- I would prefer like being out in the woods versus um, being out in the mountains. But dude, I'm telling you right now, the more and more I end up in the mountains, the more and more 
I want to stay there. Okay. So, yeah, I like I love the scenery in Arizona. I mean, if I really wanted to go up and see some snow and some trees and get into some wooded area and forest, mm-hmm. I can drive two and a half hours north and I'm in Flagstaff. Mm. Yeah, 100%. If I want to be at the beach, I can drive four and a half hours to Rocky Point. Mm-hmm. If I really wanted to go there, go to Mexico, go four and a sure. half hours. Oh, yeah. And it's oh, yeah. really only six and a half hours to San Diego. That's less than that. It's like five. So, I mean, depending on how you drive. Yeah. So, I mean, like, there's th- there's a lot to offer here. Um, it's not far to Colorado if you really mm-hmm. want to get weird. There's some stuff in New Mexico that's really not far. Nevada's mm-hmm. not far if you want to go to Vegas. So, there there's a lot of a lot of uh, opportunity. I'd say that's probably the other thing I like about Phoenix because of how big and how much it's growing. There's there is a lot of opportunity, mm-hmm. um, and a lot of uh, convenience. I would say that oh, th- yeah. those are probably the other things that I like about it. Well, Phoenix is urban sprawl. That's for yeah. sure. It's more like LA than anything else. So like the urban sprawl that we have here, it's, it's, we live in, I live in Phoenix proper, which is, you know, the city of Phoenix. And so do you, well, I think kind of, so, we technically kind of live in North Phoenix, but well, yeah. And they separate that too. It's uh, weird. Yeah, Cause North Phoenix is like upper, you know, upper echelon, you know, and then Scottsdale's higher echelon, you know, people. And then, you know, you got like Cave Creek and Carefree, which is like you got million dollar, multi million dollar homes up there. Yeah. Um. So three things I like. Uh, again, the weather. I think the weather. That's why most people move here, anyways. The weather's incredible. It's, it's great for seven, eight months out of the year. Super easy. Um. And then, uh, I I like the diversity. To be honest with you, mm. I mean, I I grew up I, I grew up in a diverse culture at a young age, and then moved to you know a, a place that was pretty much all white. You know, and so I do like the diversity of culture and so on and so forth. I love Mexican food. It's my favorite type of food. So and we have some of the best Mexican res- restaurants in the Southwest in Phoenix. We really do. Um, so that, that's another thing. Uh, I like the roughness of Phoenix. I like the, the, the roughness of the culture. Like I, I like that. I feel like it, it fits me and I fit into it, meaning like. Still kind of young. Yeah, yeah, it's it's. It's young. It's everyone here seems like an import. Very few, although we've met lots of people that have been born here and raised here. Um, it's still kind of an import. So it's always good to meet people from the Midwest or meet people from different places. And they're like, oh, this is why I moved here and everything else like that. That's really cool about Phoenix. Uh, like you said, the opportunities are great. Mm-hmm. Um, if if Zeal closed down tomorrow, we both have jobs somewhere else. We just would. I mean, there's so much opportunity here. It's ridiculous. Um, so. Uh, that's what I love about it. What's three things that you hate about Phoenix? I want th- three things that you you hate. So, um, I would say one one thing is how spread out everything is. Right, like um, although we have a lot right here, there's like a lot of really good restaurants and things like that that for some reason go to Mesa. And there's, oh, yeah. there's just so yeah. much down in the Tempe and Mesa area. Tempe makes sense because Tempe is like number two insurance capital in the world beside Hartford, actually. Mm-hmm. So there's tons of insurance agencies in Tempe. Plus, you have the university, ASU's in Tempe, right? So, yeah. and a lot more industry than that. State Farm. I mean, there's tons of stuff, tons of stuff down there. Mm-hmm. So, um, Tempe's bumping. But mm-hmm. for us, that's a 30 minute drive. And then yeah. Mesa's a 40 minute drive. Yes. So, yeah. That's and what's crazy about that is <laughs> I'm complaining, but like there's still places in Ohio where they have to drive an hour and a half to get to a Chipotle. Oh, sure. Or, or a Taco Bell. Oh, right? sure, dude. So there, there, 
So there, for some trendy I, stuff, yeah, you, you I have just, to go further. Yeah, I hate yeah. that there's just some areas to get certain things you got to go. Such an inconvenience to have a car. Yeah, you, you know, to, right to go that far. <laughs> um, yeah, it makes it kind of annoying. Like, just, just that every, because Phoenix builds out, not up. Yeah, they don't. So they, nobody every, wants to go up because yeah, it's so hot. Everything yeah. just keeps spreading further and further out. Mm-hmm. Um, that's one of the things I definitely don't like. Um, although Phoenix is really diverse, mm-hmm. it because I feel I feel like like when you look at Ohio, the roots are so deep. I mean, Ohio was founded in what 1776, 1778, something like that. I don't know Ohio. Sound off something. in the comments, Ohio. I don't know it. But it, very early on, sure, obviously, sure. it was a very early state. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was settled. So quickly. Arizona was like one of the last three states. Yes. So yeah. I feel like Arizona is still kind of developing, and because so many people move here, it hasn't. Its identity is like a melting pot. Right. So it's really hard to find well, pockets of like, um, and this is part of it being spread out. It's hard to find really pocket good pockets of like culture. Yeah, I would say that, um, well, Phoenix, I mean... It, it, Again, I don't go booming. downtown or Tempe or Mesa right, where right. more of that is. Phoenix started bumping up in numbers in 86, if I'm, if I'm correct. And then between 95 and 2005, three to 500 people a day moved here. Mm. So, there's, I mean, we had a big boom. I mean, the first time I ever came out to Phoenix, I think it was in 98, helped a buddy of mine move across country. And uh, it was the first time I ever been outside of, into a big, big city, which Phoenix was... Maybe a million at that point, maybe yeah. a million and a half or something like that. But now we're, we're we're pushing five million, you know, at this point. So we've got a lot. I mean, that's that's what's on the record. We don't even know everybody that's here. So as a result, I mean, yeah. there are times that traffic dev- definitely does get congested. You know, and the rush hours are real and they're slow. So if you go from here to Mesa, for example, um, from our shop to Mesa, Oh, yeah, and you do that, shower. yeah, and you do that at five o'clock to seven o'clock. It's gonna take you an hour and a half. Hour and to get a half. There. Yeah, but if you leave at seven o'clock, you get there in a half hour, forty five minutes. You know, so I think it's like that in most big cities. Like rush hour is pretty big and stuff like that. But people commute here a lot, so yeah, uh, that's one of the things I don't like about the traffic. It's a lot of traffic at certain times of the year. Um, in the fall, when people are coming back to school, it, it gets to be a lot of traffic. In the winter, people are coming back here. Lots of snowbirds come back. It becomes a lot of traffic. Um, so it, that's just one of the things I, I, I don't like necessarily. What's something else you don't like about Phoenix? Uh, my third one is going to be just in the last, like, three years, bro. The cost of living is insane. Highest city in America for cost of living change. It's insane. Yeah, it's up to 20% now. We're, um, we're, our inflation in Phoenix is 20%. Just calculate that from, from people who are like, dude, I'm paying, like, five-something for eggs now. We're paying $10 for a dozen eggs or $10 for, like, the big, the, remember the big Costco thing of eggs? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that thing was like it's like what two twenty nine back in the day. Now it's like ten dollars for that thing. So, or you're paying five bucks for a dozen eggs. You know, it's just kind of crazy. So milk is through the roof and everything. I remember milk was like a buck, man, a buck for a gallon of milk, and now it's like I don't know five bucks or something like that. Not to mention gas and everything else. So. Well, yeah, the ho- the housing market's insane. Like, oh, so yeah, if, yeah, dude. If somebody's really wanting to move out here, I'm just telling you right now, like just just. Make sure you can afford the rent. You better or, have stacks. You better have stacks. You can't move house. out. I don't think you can live in Phoenix for under $100,000. Like a yearly income? Yeah, but combined. Yeah, combined. Even combined, dude, combined, it's going to be yeah, hard. $100,000, you're not going to be able to you're live. Thinking, you're thinking a $350,000 house right now, your monthly mortgage is going to be two grand. That's a, that's, that. a, that's a bad house, too. 350000 not a great house. Right. Yeah, my, you it, can't buy my house for three fifty. dollars You can't buy either it, of and ours. And I built it yeah. for less than that. Right, right, right. So- <laughs> 
give me an example. I bought my house at 330. Okay, 330 is what I bought my house. Maybe 340. I can't remember what it was. And uh, it's valued at like five now. So, and it's not a big house. It's not like super impressive or anything. It's, it's nice. It's a flip. We got it on a flip. Somebody was flipping a house, but it's got a huge backyard. But I'm telling you what, man, it's nothing to like go, oh, that's such a gorgeous house. Yeah, that's the other thing, man. But in Ohio, dude, it's hard to get a house with land here. No, you're not. There's no land here. It's hard without going like convenient, like inconveniently out of the city. Uh, Cave Creek, maybe, but then you're paying millions of dollars for land. Mm-hmm. You can get point. some further north, like north of Four Peaks, yeah, up Four the River, yeah, and stuff yeah. up there, uh, right? Is it Four River? What, what's that? Uh, like Seligman. New River. New River. Uh, New River out even, that way? Even up yeah. there, it's kind of hard to get some land, dude. Yeah. All the developers bought it all. Mm. Plus all those chip manufacturers that just went in up there. That's true. That's true. So there is a lot There is a lot of opportunity. Oh, the industry Phoenix. here is nuts yeah. right now. It really is. We, we got like three or four different chip factories being, being uh, developed and made and built. Um, just off the, the set, Microsoft the, the smart meeting. city that's going in out here. Yeah. There's a lot of people who really lo- relocate out here for jobs because these things, these things are happening. So, but, uh, and they pay well, I mean, you usually, you usually get, I, I don't know, you're, you're going to have to get a bump in pay if you come out here and you're, you, you're making 40,000, 50,000 somewhere else by yourself. And you want to come out here by yourself and you're going to have some, you're gonna three have roommates, roommates minimum, at least, at least it's just really true. Um, so my three things that I don't like about I Phoenix. Would, I would say you would need sixty grand to rent an apartment by yourself and be comfortable. Yes, at least, at least. Uh, so my three things. Um, I'll say the heat. The heat is not good, uh, particularly in June, July, and August are our hottest months. And I, those are the months I can't believe I moved here. Uh, it's so hot. It's so terrible. We can't smoke cigars outside. Thank God I work in a cigar shop. I, I mean, you can, but if the ash falls, you burn your chest. It's, it, yeah, because you're not wearing a shirt. It's too hot. Yeah. <laughs> or you're in the pool mm-hmm. if you have one. So the heat's number one. Uh, I will say, this is true for me, uh, the wildlife is not something that I enjoy. Oh, I, really? I don't enjoy the wildlife, man. The uh, uh, not, scorpions, I, I the like scorpions, any. rattlesnakes, tarantulas. Mm. out in the, So we, when I moved here, man, we went camping every, every other weekend. So now my kids are older. We probably go camping probably about four or five times a year, if you would. So, but even when we're out there, coyotes come up by you. All these—it's just kind of creepy out in the desert, especially at night. If you're by yourself or with your family, you're okay. If, that's why I usually go camping with a bunch of people. You don't go by yourself because I mean, the desert's kind of crazy. And and I'll say this: the another thing I don't like is there is so much like crime here that is really kind of crazy. I mean, everybody carries a gun, including us. Everybody carries a gun, so. When it comes to crime, I mean, they, they can it can go down pretty quick. It really does. But like petty crime stuff, like your your car gets broken into, or you know, something gets stolen, or something like that. You're like, man, it's, it's I mean, it's more but it's not like California where your dude said he has to leave his trunk and all of his windows down just so people can look in and see there ain't nothing in there worth stealing. It's not that bad. We still have rules here in Arizona. So all you Californians moving over here, don't bring your rules with you. Um, I think I think that's that's a saving grace is that we are we are still a pretty good free state, you know, and we really like it. But, but those are our things of, of, of how we got here and so on and so forth. I think you already know the story about how J- JB and I met. He was coming in here multiple times working with Apple and eventually we needed a part-time guy and then we hired him on full-time and I got here from TNT, which you probably know the story of that. So, but if you're planning on moving to Phoenix, what are two things that you tell somebody? If you're planning on moving to Phoenix, be prepared for this. Go. You got two. Uh, usually tell them visit in the summer. Yeah. Get yeah, used to it. Cause like if, if you're not a hot person, it, it's going to destroy you and you're going right. to be miserable. You're just going to be miserable. Right. Just like, just like you would if it's, 
raining three months out of the year and you can't get out of the house because it's just freaking dumping down thunderstorm yeah. crap. Everybody that wanted to move to Seattle because Microsoft was there, like, yeah, Seattle. And they go there and like, oh, my gosh, it's cloudy nine months out of the year. Yeah. yeah. They, there's a reason per capita Ohio is one of the highest antidepressant prescribed states in the world. There's a reason for that. Oh, yeah. And great, it ain't because Ohio, it ain't because the people in Ohio or Ohio in general sucks. It's because no, people it, are great. You just get you get depressed because the weather's yeah. so crappy and you feel like you can't do nothing. Seven months out of the year, dude. It's nasty in Ohio. It's great. And now great you clouds. can't even go to the mall because they're all gone. Yeah. <laughs> That's so true. What's something else you tell somebody? Uh, if you're moving here, be prepared for this, prepare for this. Uh, I, w- I would say make sure you have a good job lined up. Right. Right. Make yeah, sure you come I would out say here make, got, yeah. make sure you have a good, not that you couldn't find one, mm-hmm. but I mean, to find an apartment, even a single solo studio um, in, in, a, in a weird area is still going to run you 1200 bucks a yeah. month minimum. At least. Um, At least. And that's not counting what it costs to even get like a fee and get stuff down to even get like an application fee and all that stuff too. Here's pretty crazy for some places. You're going to need three to five grand to put down an apartment here when you come. It's nuts. It's true. Just a true truism. It really is. Unless you know, or you know somebody that you can move in with that has a house or something that they're trying to rent a room. Um, from. Yeah, yeah. 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 So yeah. there's, there's, there's ways to do it, but I charge my kids rent. Yeah, I would, I do. I yeah. would definitely have something lined up. That's, that's going to be supportive. Right. So, um, Two things I'd say if you're going to Phoenix. I think the first one I would agree with Justin. Come here in summer and get used to the heat. Your body will adapt. Your blood does actually thin out. That's a true statement. It's scientific and everything else like that. Your platelets actually end up thinning out so you can endure the heat a little bit more. It's kind of cool how God made our bodies that way. Um, That's the first thing. And the second thing I would tell you is, um, particularly if you're coming from the Midwest to Phoenix, make sure that you have an expectation that people are not here. People here are not from the Midwest. They're, I mean, there are people here from the Midwest, but they've kind of adapted to be Phoenician. And so being Phoenician is sort of California cold, meaning that you click your clicker, you go into your garage, you click it again, you don't, really don't talk to your neighbors typically. You know, so it doesn't mean you don't talk to them at all or whatever, but it's very sparingly if you would. So I think that's important to know, you know, in regards. So, but what did we miss? If you guys have transferred here or you're in Phoenix and so on and so forth, or you're from the Midwest, drop a comment below and we'll catch you on the flip side. So for the cut, light, and smoke podcast. I've been Bradley. He's been JB. We're out of here like last year. Peace.